1: Good afternoon, good afternoon, good good evening, good morning. I'm Graham Phyllis and this is Thursday's Terrace Podcast and my football team has not embarrassed itself in Europe this week. Today I'm joined by two men whose football teams have also not embarrassed themselves in Europe this week. First of all, we've got Duncan Mackay.
0: Yeah, we just did it in Dundee.
1: Instead.
3: Yeah, 100%. And we've got Craig Anderson. Oh, and, and yeah, I think we do need to add the caveat of this
1: week. This week, yeah, that's exactly, is exactly what I've done. Craig, what I've been very clear that my <laughs> football team, your football team and Duncan's football team have not embarrassed themselves in Europe. This week,
3: yeah, give it another, give it another
1: few months, and who knows? Exactly, got to make make hay while the sun is shining. Um, along those lines, um, we have two Scotland games for you today. One from the very, very recent past, and one from the slightly further back recent past. Um, as Scotland crashed out of World Cup qualifying on Tuesday night, as they were defeated one nothing by uh, the Republic of Ireland, which I um, was a bit disappointed, wasn't it? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think like I, I was at I was at the two games and I have been pretty sceptical of the manager um, since he came in. Like I think he's maybe a a, a bullshitter, a, a gobshite, a kind of big talk merchant. Uh, I mean, hold back, hold, back,
0: hold back, Craig. tell, yeah. tell us how you really think.
3: But but actually, having watched the the Ukraine game, um, whenever that was, was it back in?
0: Just couple months ago, the 4
3: Yeah, nil, it four I couldn't remember, yet. yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought, do you know what, we're starting to get something together here. Obviously, the Pharaohs and different story, they're rubbish, so you're... you're unlike in the men's game, where you might get a game off them, that was never going to be won. And then for the Austria game the other night, I thought there was a lot of grit and determination and things to like. So I was starting to think, do you know what, maybe I've, I've got it wrong about this guy and maybe there is a bit more in it. And then Duncan, you and I sat um, in Hampton on... Tuesday night and it was uh, it was it was dreadful dire. Um, there, there was there were no positives to bring from that game at all for me. It, it was just an utterly listless performance and, and hugely disappointing because Ireland seemed like a pretty limited team, but they thoroughly deserved to win nonetheless.
0: Yeah, I was. I, I'm. I'm going to probably start a little talk talk about Ireland first before we get on to probably dissecting. Um. The, what what Scotland did just because on the basis that i think i think uh, that was a that was a limited ireland team i think that i think that's fair to say but we should, the, we do in a way and it's not to make excuses for scotland have to acknowledge that they're they're much improved you know i mean on the the, the bare facts they are, they were the 21st seed in uefa and have made it to the world cup that's pretty outrageous but they only did have one loss in qualification um, they are they are very limited in the way they pay, uh, play. I was listening to an interview with uh, Vera Pow, their manager, uh, who's known to some of the people in Scotland. Um, and there was kind of a I, it's not the, it's certainly not the same, but there was a bit of a Jack Charlton vibe over what she was saying in terms of like they they don't have the players. They like where she's she's very pragmatic about what they were going to do, and she talked about she talked the entire game plan on Tuesday was not to have possession because they, they knew that Scotland would struggle to break Ireland down, which has kind of been proven, aside from that Ukraine game, Scotland really haven't done, haven't scored that that, much, that many, I think they've uh, not, they beat Slovakia 2-0, two, but that's the only time they've beaten anyone aside from the Faroes, which again is, is, is like it, it's just not, they've just not scored that many goals in this campaign, and Ireland were convinced that they would get the chances as, more, as Scotland got more frustrated. So there's that element of the Jack Charlton, when he explained, like when he came in after being at World Cup '86 and looking at the limited amount of players he had, said, "I'm just good. Like we can't emulate what other people do, doing. we're just gonna have to do, make do with what we've got." Um, you know, and this is this is an island team that in 2017 went on strike. Like you know that they were furious about that um, they weren't getting treated properly. Um, you know that they were having to share trackies and uh, uh, you the, get changed the, at, uh, get the, changed the, at the, airports and stuff like that.
1: Uh, this, the story that i having to get changed, basically get off the flight, off the plane, get changed in the in the toilets at the airport, and hand your trackies back is this, uh, the most ludicrous thing that you're going to hear about uh, what is international football.
0: Yeah, it's like and and so like I think that they were probably underachieving in terms of where they came from and now are overachieving. Um, but they were, I mean, they were well researched. Like, I think they worked hard. They talked about, uh, um, Pau talked about the fact that they knew how, uh, they researched how uh, Caroline Weir and three others were on penalties uh, and prepared for a penalty shootout as well. The penalty, we'll get to the penalty, I suppose, but they really poor from Caroline. And even uh, Amber Barrett was talking about when she, her goal, which was well done, but essentially it was a toe poke. She, she got ahead of... Of Howard, who it was just never catching her, but then but also understandably, I can kind of take the reason didn't wipe her out because it was going to be a, a red card. Maybe actually in the hindsight that might have been a better option. But she also talked about the fact that that uh, Lee Gibson wasn't going to come out. Like they, they knew they'd watched how she played, and she knew that she wasn't going to race out and, and come meet her. So she initially was. Can't clear her mind. I'll, i lob her, and then oh no, I've got a second chance, and then she toe poked it almost Romario style into into the far corner, and it was agonising because it was just it took so long to to trickle into the net, um, and I think that like we have to. element, There was, it was an emotional side to the island's performance as well. You know, that that and, and Amber Barrett especially. You know, came comes from Donegal, and new pe- new people had died in that tragedy last week, but that all of that happened, I would say in spite off scotland like you know, we we should this squad is far too good to uh not be going to the world cup we we got our first taste uh three years ago we didn't make the euros again and so the fact that this squad is going to go uh, i have on its record that it was yeah the first squad to qualify for euros, the first squad to qualify for all cups but it's not followed up on that it's not been sustained and that yeah and that's not good enough i, th- I think and uh and there are serious questions, I think, to, to be had about both the management and the players.
1: It was it was really frustrating, and it, more than anything else, Ireland felt like, as you say, Ireland were prepared for it. Ireland were a team that knew exactly what was expected of them, and on, on every on every bit of possession or every lack of possession throughout the entire game, they had their plan. They knew exactly what they were doing. they were sticking very much to it, um, and those a lot of comfort to be taking as a player if you know exactly what you are. Like We we know we're a limited side. We know exactly what what we're set out here to do in a way that the Scotland team just looked entirely disjointed. Nobody really felt like kind of aside from the centre halves, and even they, even they looked kind of uncomfortable with what they were they were being asked to do, and the way they were being asked what, to play. Passed each other, they yeah. passed
0: each other eight hundred times, oh, yeah. and
1: that it didn't look like a a centre half and that well. A case of see like so many passes between the back line and between the two of them themselves because it looked a very challenging thing to go forward, and you, everyone, everyone that was everyone knew that, that was exactly how Ireland were going to set up and we didn't seem to have any great level of preparation in order to how we are going to deal with that and it's the a large part of that and we've spoken this a, a lot when I, I know Craig's highlighted a lot when we're talking about the men's team particularly as well and the sort of mentality behind things like that and being able to overcome setbacks and things like that and the the parallel between the the game that the the men's team played the Ireland when they went to go down and dug in and and continue to dig the dig the game out and get the result was a, an example of the the work that Steve Clark has done, and this to me kind of feels like a, an example of the work that uh, Martinez Losa hasn't done. Like that doesn't feel like there's a. I know they put in the performance against Austria the other night when they when it mattered they they fought and they scrapped and they battled for it. But there's a different mentality when you're then expected to go and win the game. Um, when you're going into the game as favourites, and you still need to actually go and fight and scrap and do the same things that you were doing before while having that sort of favourite tag put on you and the pressure that's put on you, and they just didn't it didn't feel and, like and anyone it, was anyone was in the right spot or the right position or the right mentality in order to go and take that on.
2: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: Absolutely, absolutely not. I mean, one of the things that was kind of remarkable to, to that me and Craig comment on was the second half was suddenly you, Scotland decided that it was a good idea to maybe use both wings. Because Nicola Doherty was playing almost, was playing like a left left wing, left wing back, basically. But in the first half, the ball barely went left. Like, you know, it was all, everything was either down the middle or, or down the right-hand side. Um which seems odd but also there was no there was no plan of attack. you know Ireland decided to like w- once they realized that was maybe how Scotland were going to play in the second half they were happy to surrender the wings because physically uh, between uh, you know the, the, that back four um and and the midfielders come in like you know Ireland went ten behind the ball like there was no there was no quite like and just jammed up the middle which made it really difficult for if the ball was going to drop which did several times because it was a really scrappy game uh, it made it impossible for a player, a player to get a clean shot away because it was going to hit someone that was going to... And, and Ireland were absolutely up for putting their bodies on the line in a way that I just don't think the Scotland team was. And I think that's... I'd, yeah, again, I, yeah, you do question the, the manager. And uh, so, yeah, I think that the, the, there's questions on the manager. There's also questions on the personnel not being able to change that on the pitch yeah. to see how that was going. Like, there was no adaptation of, of tactics... What we had was our two best players, undoubtedly in in Caroline Weir uh, and Aaron Cuthbert play so deep. Uh, Weir especially spent too much of the game with our back to goal. You can't influence the game that way. You know, uh, Cuthbert. I think it's fair to say has had bit of, has had considerably more uh, better games, more better games, Yeah, whatever, uh, better games in, in a Scotland jersey. Um, you can't you can't fault her tenacity and her willingness to get involved, but it was she was awful to be fair on 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 Tuesday, and also playing in a part playing playing in a part of the pitch where she can't influence and can't be a terror to other teams. Like nobody like she's a, she nobody likes yeah. playing against her.
1: Take 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 away her biggest asset, and, or take away her biggest asset and one of Scotland's biggest biggest asset, and put her in a bit of the pitch where Alan must have been delighted.
0: Yeah, i seen that. Like, oh, you're 60 yards away from goals. Brilliant. fine, Fantastic. Fine,
1: great. You've got to carry the ball 60 yards to be any threat to me whatsoever. And the, the longer the game went on, it was just screaming for someone to do the technical thing and take the ball in the number 10 position and turn on it. And at no point did we ever do it. And the second, as you say, in the second half, it was just a case of, well, we're going to go down the wings and we'll keep going down the wings and, and it'll come and it'll come and it'll come. Didn't it come? And that is... You place responsibility on players. You place responsibility on on everyone that's on the pitch as well. But surely, as well, from the manager's perspective as well, you spot it. It it just seems crazy when you have someone like Weir as well, who is a technical player and is a gifted player in that sense, has the ability to use her close controls, stick in the ten position, and just let her turn on the ball, and then immediately all of the Irish backline have to then either engage it and space starts to open up and it's, it was just so frustrating because it felt like the game was crying out for that to happen.
3: And, and it, was, it was more than one occasion where both Weir or Cuthbert did beat two or three players on the dribble, but it was because they were starting like at the halfway line. And it, it, it just, yeah, it was, it was so frustrating and, those players, as well as the rest of the players, have to take it, take on, you know, a lot of responsibility. There's obviously a lot of pressure, especially on Weir. I would say as she's kind of become the, the kind of player that Scotland pinned her hopes on, and she and she did play poorly, and she obviously missed a penalty. But she's being asked to do something. I'm, I'm not, It's not that she's been asked to do something she can't do, because I think in a good team, she can play in that kind of number eight position, no bother at all. And she, it probably is where she can thrive the best, because she's. You know, technical gets the time on the ball and all that, but when you look at what she can offer to Scotland, I think you have to look at it a bit differently. And yeah, you just need to get her impact in games a lot more than she did in either of the two games. In fairness, like you only need to watch her for a couple of minutes to see how good she is, but you need to get something out of that. But it's interesting the point you made, Duncan, about this team of players, and you've you've roped this team of players across five, four tournament, right? Because you're talking about the Euro twenty. 17? 19, 17 World Cup 2019, the last year was and 2023. And that's one of the stark things. It's so many of the same players across spot is now, for, I mean, that's five years, but if you include the qualifying campaigns, it's seven years. And it is a lot of the same players. And there really isn't, there's not loads of people busting onto the scene. Um, and the under 19s took an absolute battering in their group. There's not an under 21 team. So that's the next step that that's there. They're obviously. I mean, I can't claim to know lots about Scotland's under nineteen team, but there's clearly not exactly world class talent bursting at the seams coming through there. If they're if they're losing, I think it was thirteen goals across three games without scoring. So there's a big issue there about the pathway into the into the first team. That's why a lot of the same players are still there that have been there for a long time. And yeah, yeah it's a bit of a golden generation. And you see Portugal's men's team as an example where maybe they've just hung around because they've, they've just always been the best that's there and that's fair enough. But um, you, you see the, the, the men's team at the moment, and there's probably not really a player that's undroppable or irreplaceable. And so everyone is constantly, I think, worried about their position. There are several team players in that Scotland team who are not in the slightest bit worried about their position. And whether it's conscious or not, that that does breed complacency. And I think there has been complacency across the last two campaigns from quite a few players and that's I mean it's unfortunate but it's also that they do have to take a look at themselves some of them because I think there's been a lot of players out there who going through the motions is maybe a bit a bit strong I don't I don't think there was a single player on that park on Tuesday night who didn't fully want to win the game and didn't give their hardest but I think there's just that something to be said for that extra little bit of pressure and and that comes from gob like us as well, probably because it, I, I, I mean I was making this point to you, Duncan, on the way away from Hamden on Tuesday, which is that when Scotland's men lost to Ukraine in the World Cup playoffs with a, a fairly equally insipid performance, they got dogs. Abuse, they got a hell of a lot of stick. Um, and whereas with this, well, at one, least there
0: was, a, and also at least there was critique. I think that, that yeah. I think I, I, when I noticed that. Uh, you know, cabinet cabinet secretaries for the Scottish government are are talking about how they've inspired a generation. I'm like, like so, no, maybe, maybe I'm maybe yeah, I'm the wrong target demographic, anyone. but I don't I don't I'm, I didn't see that I didn't they didn't I don't want to say they didn't do us proud because I think anyone that pulls out and tries to plays well for Scotland, like I'm always going to be proud of them. But I, I found I find that disingenuous, and I think that uh, the fact that you know, this is not, we wouldn't be doing this probably a couple of years ago or a few years ago anyway. At least in terms of given this, given the the critique that it de- deserves, but it's coming from a good place because we want it to be better.
3: You can't grow. You need it, things need to be allowed to grow organically, and nobody is going to think, "Oh, I'm going to watch more women's football because they've got pumped." I'm not got pumped. They've lost a game they should have won, and everyone's like pretending. They, they, it was a good effort and all the rest of it wasn't a good effort, it was shite and if when they're shite you have to say they've been shite there's not, you don't pussyfoot around that and that's, I think some people are a bit worried to criticise them because it's like if you criticise women's football from the point of view of saying, you know, no, women's football shite and all that, that's a stupid thing to do because it's it's clearly a growing sport and it's clearly interesting enough and, and clearly there was five figures worth of people went to both games despite European football being on involving Scottish clubs both nights, despite the weather not being the best all the rest of it. There's people there who are, are an audience for it, but you can't just invent stories around it. You have to still be honest and say, when you play badly, you play badly. And that's what makes people take a sport seriously, because creating friction, creating, you know, this narrative has to have an up and a down. You can't just be cheery positive about stuff all the time or, no, it, it, it's it's not a comic book. It's not a light-hearted TV show. It is something that requires, you know, the light and the dark to it. And, and that was a, a dark performance. It, it doesn't mean to say you stop supporting the team. It just means it's like when your club loses. It's like when the Scotland men's team lose. You get really annoyed about it. And then you go back the next time and people who are like, you're yeah, being patronising about it, I, I don't really know what they think they're achieving. Uh, so I, that actually... Annoyed me almost as much as the performance, scene, all that patron- <laughs> patronizing after it. Because,
0: <clears throat> well, you, you, you said you said that, that we're not actually going to have a quality for, the, for the, the men and women's game in Scotland uh, unless a performance like that is met with booze. Well, yeah, no, that, that annoyed
3: me because they weren't booed off the pitch, and I, I, maybe I mean you, you said to me, and you're probably right. Like, you know, it's a different, it's a different demographic, it's a different crowd, and maybe that's all right. and you can argue that maybe booing is not really that constructive, and maybe it's a
0: bit reductive
3: and childish, and we shouldn't be doing it in the main game. Correct. It's
0: re- it reductive and childish, and I will continue <laughs> to do exact- it. And that is exactly <laughs> why it's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be cut pan glossing about it. I think that's I think that's the issue. You Can't sit there like again. I, I think that's what I, I, has annoyed me not just about that performance, but a lot of things that's going on in football at the moment. Is that um, and it's a phrase that sounds a lot. You you cannot piss down my neck, but tell me it's raining. Like, and I think that's, and I think that's the—you cannot say things are going in the right. Like, there are good things happening in women's football in Scotland, but you cannot tell me that not qualifying for your second successive tournament when you really should have is progress. Like, it's—it's—it's it's just, it's just not. And the fact that we know through so many—you've you, seen it in the Euros, you've seen it—it's you can see that tournaments are total gateways into widening that that tunnel of talent. Of getting people engaged, getting sponsors like whether we like it or not, whether there's corporate sponsors coming into the game, all that sort of thing. They are ca- like major tournaments are catalysts. They can like send the development into to overdrive. And us not being there, and okay, yeah, we can say, right, this is Australia, New Zealand, it's gonna be on at odd hours, you know, maybe I don't know, we didn't we didn't we didn't fancy it anyway, sort of thing. Uh like it isn't gonna help, but we you know we should be we should be qualifying we should be there like it's like it's annoying that ireland are going to be there i'm really annoyed by like what you're going to see from from ireland fans across there and stuff like that they're going to be having a great time because it's their first world cup and yeah we had that in 2019 but we it should have been us like i know uh, that's going to be, like like uh, you clip that up and it sounds like utterly utter sour grapes but uh, and it probably is actually but uh you know that should have been us we should we have we are t- on t- paper more talented than they are we have more resources than they are they like but again football's not played on paper and we just didn't do it on the
1: pitch. to that point as well though duncan by losing games to a team to, to a nation like ireland who are developing and improving and they are then you're then helping them longer term and again yeah broadly help broadly football improving generally for everyone rising tide lifting all boats and that sort of principle but then Ireland get all the benefit from that, which helps close the gap to them, from them to us significantly more. Which again, ultimately is going to. I mean, that's the Scottish the Scotland national team in general has found that over the last sort of twenty five years. One of the biggest problems has been the the breakup of the Soviet states, so there are an awful lot more football teams, there are awful more people to play. Which means there's an awful lot less qualifying spots, so it's going to progressively get harder for the Scotland national team to qualify for tournaments. Anyway, because that's everyone else improves. If we stand still at any point, then that becomes a longer term problem.
0: It's a, exactly. At the moment, you're running to stay still. Basically, that's yeah. like that's the, like that is what's happening. I think there's a there's an element of it. Like aside from the performance, my reflections on Tuesday, and I think it's part of a wider discussion. Maybe I'm, and, and I would be loath to say that we. <laughs> What our opinion uh, matters, but the atmosphere really, really flat, and I don't know what I don't know if that what that what's that what that's about because I've been to Scotland women's games where the atmosphere has been really quite good, but is it Hamden? You know, again we've we've talked about this loads like full Hamden, great, sixty percent Hamden, you're starting to edge weight, one stand Hamden. Really not good. Like it was very passive on on Tuesday, and again that could be because Ireland stifled Scotland. Scotland didn't give people much to to write home about. But again, I would think if that ten thousands at Easter Road, or that ten thousands at castle that ten thousands, uh, I, yeah, I, I well would would film Mcdermott Park. You know, like, I, and I get that there's a total discussion about the players really want it, and that's that's absolutely fine. But again. If we're trying to build momentum and you're wanting people to want to be part of the gang, sort of thing, like you want to give people fear of missing out, you don't do that with ah uh, with with twenty percent full hampton.
3: I think it's like for for me, it's like I mean, I've got i got a little girl and I want to get her into football. And I mean, she's too she's she's too young to really be that bothered about it, but. And a lot of this is out of the hands of the SFA, but since I've kind of half thought about taking her to a Scotland women's game, they've all been nighttime kickoffs and she's in her bed by then. And if there was a three o'clock afternoon game, I might be like, oh yeah, well, we'll go along. And, and Hamden's actually good for that point of view, because I'm like, well, I know, there's, I know it's not going to be like rammed full and like, you know, if she wants to run up and down an aisle, she'll probably be able to do it and all the rest of it. But um, that's the kind of stuff that is not necessarily controllable, but there's all these little things that are... Somewhat conspiring against the atmosphere because you've you've got and, and as I say like not it can't be helped really but Celtic were playing at Celtic part at the same time so it's like people who might have gone along to the game and especially with it being against Ireland that might have been a particular demographic who might have been going along and maybe not even bothered to one but would have been you know going to a game a person who would have been paying an extra tenner through the gate. 10,000 10, people going to one of these games compared to what we had five years ago is, is obviously massive progress and that's great.
0: It is, but but Wales got Wales got 14,000.
3: And that's it. It's like we're progressing, but other people are progressing faster than us and there needs to be something that I suspect the women's team at the moment is still a loss-making operation for the SFA. I'm not entirely sure about that, but um, just on the basis that I think they're, they're kind of getting paid the same bonuses as the men's team, all the rest of it, that's fine. Yeah, that's the right thing to do, but we need to work out a way to make it a, a profitable... I mean, obviously qualifying for a World Cup would have fucking helped, but um, I, think, I think there does have to be a bigger discussion. The problem is there won't be a bigger dis- discussion. Nobody in the established media cares enough. The women's women's game... And I mean, it's, it's true to this podcast to an extent as well, but the women's game exists for five minutes when Scotland play, and, and that's about it. And when that's the case... Where you know how how do you how do you, people don't feel empowered enough to even have the discussion? I mean, I I am at the very like limit so far I know in terms of talking about that stuff, and, and I tend to think I pay a fair bit of attention to it, but it, it becomes a very difficult discussion to have. And the SFA don't. See if the men's team were going through the attendance like you know, attendance issues and all the rest of it, there would be scrutiny. There would be national debate. There would be so much going on won't happen, there's no pressure, nobody has to change anything if they don't want to and that's never a good place to be I think
1: Do we have anything else particularly to add about the game? Uh, the, the, the the penalty itself um, for Caroline Weir.
3: It was shit it was, uh, was a really bad penalty
1: yeah. um, It was a uh, uh, the game in a microcosm for Scotland and they'd finally got the, the bit of a break that they needed for the chance in the first place um, was pretty well done and as soon as the, there was a... Obviously, you guys were at the game. I was watching on television. As soon as there was a close-up of Caroline Weir, there was a bit of a hesitation and a bit of a time before the penalty was struck. You could see her looking up and looking around. As soon as 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 soon as I saw her looking up and looking around, I was like, don't like this. Do not like this at all. There's no... She just did not look in any
3: way confident that she was going to step up and lash the ball into the net. Am I talking about Martha? Did she... Um... Do something like similar for Team GB at the Olympics. Um, I hope so. Last year, yeah, I mean, because I remember thinking it was quite fun that she had kind of um, made a. I, it just came into my head there when you were mentioning it. Um, but you know, in, in terms of the game, um, beyond that, like I was slightly surprised because I thought, and um, I, I know Chris on um, on the podcast when he was talking about it, had said that he thought Martha Thomas did a power of work on Thursday night, and maybe that was true. I thought she was kind of on. Un- you know unimpressive generally um and I was slightly surprised i thought when harrison came on on Thursday against Austria she really changed the game just the, the kind of dynamic run and all the rest of it and I'd, I kind of half wondered if she was going to start the game I was even more surprised that it took so long to bring her yeah. on and I think you did see the same again it's like I don't I don't necessarily think technically shes she's a brilliant a footballer but just having a bit of energy and a bit of something different did give Ireland something to think she about. She's got has she
0: got a bit of snide as well.
3: Yep. And that yep. and that was something that we commented on that Scotland were too nice at times. There's a lot of um there wasn't a lot of leadership on the park. Um in terms of, you know, someone who was just, just had that wee bit of edge to their game. I think that's why Jen Beattie came on because I think she's maybe got a bit more of that. But I mean you're you're still bringing a third centre half on when, when you're you just saying like three centre half to pass between each other instead of two. Um and, and yeah there, there was there was not enough from the fullbacks. Um I mean Lisa Evans at fullback's been talked about a lot. It's obviously not our best position that it's getting away to get her in the team and it could work out if if you're attacking a lot and you've obviously got a, a kind of natural wide player. You know constantly involved in counters and stuff, and, and defensively, she was okay, but she didn't impact the game as an attacker. So, I, I thought the the subs were a bit slow in happening. Um, I did, I did think bringing Mitchell on made a wee difference. Sorry, McK- McKendy is that her name now? But McKendie, um, I think, yeah, um, but she when when she came on, there was just a bit more drive down the left, which helped a little bit. So, so there were changes that were made that, that slightly improved as. Not a lot, but I think a lot of that could have been done sooner because it was fairly clear from the first half that the the performance wasn't there. I mean, we had the 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 panic when I think I think it was Howard and one other headed headed um, yeah. the ball off the line in very quick succession. It was Howard um, twice. Was it Howard twice? Um, Howard twice. Aye.
0: But that but that was because we we're absolutely terrified by Megan Campbell's throw-ins. So, oh, sorry. I
3: never never talked about that. I have not <laughs> seen a long throw like that. I I spent a long and this and inordinate amount of time talking about players in in the men's game I and mean, usually in the like, Scottish domestic football, also for the national team sometimes, who think they have long throws and they don't. Stephen O'Donnell is one. Doesn't does not have a long throw. He
1: has a, he has he
3: has he has probably a longer than average throw, but it's still not a long throw. Um, but that was a long throw that I have <laughs> not. I mean, because Hamden's a big a big pitch and um, obviously a bit of a myth about how big it is, but it's still a big pitch, and she was rocketing those in.
0: Aye, the, the 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 um distance she was taking, like she was going right up against the wall uh, on the, uh, the on the north side stand side, and it was it was unbelievable. Like because you know it wasn't. Roy laps were kind of looping. These were like driven, low, like uh, yeah, driven. Like it was threatening. <laughs> I would like is the only way to describe it.
3: And and it's such a level. So I, I mean, um, the only all the time I've seen one recently, and it was a much smaller pitch, which just impact. Made it seem more impactful with loose strap for Morton when we played them last season. Um, at McCapio and they scored from one in every single time they got a throw in. It was it was t- it just you're just terrified of it and because
0: it, guar- it guaranteed going in the box, which a lot of the crossing uh, on on Tuesday night wasn't happening.
3: At a height and a velocity that um, defenders aren't used to because like, a corner doesn't get whipped. No. like you know, it's not it's not retaining its pace as it goes along. Scottish football needs in our top flight in our women's game in every aspect of a game to have people taking long throws and I do think and and this is somewhat genuine that it wouldn't be the worst thing to spend a bit of time just training people there must be people in Scottish football who can hurl a ball if you just give them hours and hours of just doing that and I think it (laughs) there's a bit of you know there's a joke about you know Liverpool having their throwing coaches and stuff like that and
1: I, I, I guarantee I, I guarantee the throwing coach does not sit the guy down and be like, right, what we're going to do today is see if we can add another five feet of length. No, for no I, I, don't, I don't think <laughs> I
3: don't think Trent Alexander Arnold has been shown how to take long through, But you know what I mean. There's, yeah. If you and I, I suspect from what we said, earlier, Scotland might fall into being roughly where Ireland are in terms of our, our ability levels because I don't. It doesn't necessarily look like there's loads of talent coming through. We need to make sure we've got weapons and whatever those may be. Um and so yeah, that that long throw was um was hugely impressive. And I will be enjoying um if I'm not enjoying much in Ireland at the World Cup, I will be enjoying seeing how the kind of elite of women's football deal with that.
1: <laughs> uh, anything else to add to the game?
0: No, just uh, just just gutted. not yeah, just not it's still too like to like it's, I I think it is well established. I'm a fan of second captains. Uh, and I couldn't listen to that podcast yesterday because I was still so annoyed because I knew what it was going to be about. And so it was only today, that uh, later on today, even like in the last hour before we recorded this, I was felt uh, calm enough to, to to do that. So, um, yeah, I'm the <laughs> sore loser uh, for both the men's and the women's.
1: The only other thing I have to add is that Ireland shirt is an absolute atrocity and they should get rid of it absolutely immediately. In every aspect... In terms of both colouring, pattern, design, and the lettering on the back, every every bit of that shot
0: is bad. I mean, if the, I mean, if that's your only critique of what happened with Ireland on on Tuesday night, <laughs>
1: that's the critique i That's that's the that's the critique we're going to touch, um, yes, and the yep, rest yep, of it yep. will not, because there's people who are far more qualified than these three dumplings to discuss that,
0: and and also people that uh, we we both all three of us value our jobs. Yes, so uh, we will move on
1: from one disappointing game to one game which was distinctly not disappointing um, as we move on to number three on the list of the top 50 memorable Scotland games is right, I think. Um, And we go back to the 7th of October 2006 when Gary Hawk Caldwell leathered one past the French, leathered one in the French net on what was one of, without a doubt, the most fun and best days of my life.
3: Yeah, I I was, were you at this game, Graham. I was, yeah. Yeah, I was as well. And I think it was one of the first times I can remember being like, like really invested in a back-to-the-wall performance like that. Um, Like certainly from Scotland, definitely. But um, like like from being at a game and all the rest of it, you have maybe seen some on the telly, all the rest of it. But it was incredible. I'm just looking up because we haven't. um, Did you look up the number one in the charts?
0: I did, I did. Scissor Sisters. I don't feel like dancing. I a banger. and no. uh, And uh, number one at the UK box office was Click. The Adam Sandler. Not
3: morning. a banger. I, I went on. A, I think I went on a date um, to see that. Um, I was, what was it? What was it? Yeah, I was like seventeen. I think um, it might. It might have been because I was thinking that was round about the time that I started going out with my new wife. So it could have been with her. Actually, that might have been one of her first dates to that. Um, I mean, you said it now, so you better hope it was.
0: <laughs> Otherwise, there is going to be timeline confusion, and uh, 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 yeah,
3: and and the, the time right, the timing would work out about right. So I am guessing it, it, it was that that we went to see uh, not a good film. <laughs> yeah, I was in my first year of
1: university, um, so I'd come back down from Dundee to go to the game um, with a couple of my pals, and like you say, it's the it was the first time that I can remember just being very invested in not conceding goals, and it. You almost, my memory is you almost started to feel that sort of ripple through the crowd, and the, the, obviously the, atmosphere, the atmosphere's huge. The teams come out; it's brilliant, it's great. but he's seen France I mean, as lot until the game kicks off. It's still nothing each, and you're you're, you're still in the game. And after ten minutes, and the early on in the game, you're like, fucking hell lads, these 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 world champions might be quite good. And then after sort of 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I was trying to remember. I'm almost certain, I'm almost certain it was Paul Hartley just put in like a. It was one of those, like, sort of, one of those tackles where Hartley saw the Frenchman coming and thought, I can both leather you and win the ball and not get in trouble here. Hartley, I'm sure it was Hartley that just leathered some French midfielder. And then just immediately the crowd went, Right, this is what we're doing. This is what we're <laughs> fucking, right, fucking. There's people leathering people out there. So let's support that because we're not going to score today, and we're not, we don't know what's going to happen. So let's just support tackles. Let's support Craig Gordon. Let's support just guys that are going to fight all day long. And if it was about twenty minutes, half an hour, and I remember going at time and the atmosphere just being huge yeah, because yeah. in the sort of the, the end of the first half, it was just a wee bit. It just the game was just getting a wee bit scrappy. And you could tell, like you'd see our players going if this is going to get scrappy, this is ideal because that's all we want. We, the last thing we want to do is for the game to be, have any sort of flow to it whatsoever. And it was brilliant. Just the, the whole sort of start of the end of the first half. At that point, we got to time just wondered, it was properly. Like, I just wonder we might just get something here today. I don't, I don't think anyone thought we'd get a win today the day, but I think we'll get something here today. And it felt kind of vital at the time.
0: You know how Walter uh, how uh, Walter Smoth, Smith was what Smith. Smith was probably giving the team talk. You know, being like, "Yeah, they are world champions, but you you got like you can't think like that." So
3: they did lose the World Cup final. Just to be clear, you've both said they were world champions. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry, aye, Sean. It was Italy. Uh, they, were also in our,
0: uh, <laughs> they were also in our group.
3: they were also in group. we just had the two World Cup finalists, yeah. but um, <laughs> they, they kept being described as as kind of best team in the world because they they beat Italy in the qualifier the month before, um, which I think was the kind of rematch. Sorry.
0: Uh but as well, you, you reckon in the in the change room at uh, Hamden, Rom- R- 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 Dominic was like, "Bear in mind, lads, we're up against the current the current Keren Cup champions. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: These boys aren't messing around, aren't they?" <laughs> that boy's a Taurus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> these boys, these boys beat Bulgaria five one at the Kobe Wing Stadium. Right? Come on, like, uh, g- g- give them some respect. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's like just going through that French team is like is. It's nuts. Like it's real,
3: one of these things is not like the other thing when you look through yeah. the, the John Alan Boom song appears for a good good player nonetheless. <laughs> uh, was maybe <laughs> maybe not. Um, I, we we can go through the teams a second, but yeah, I, I, that was. I think I spoke about it in the um, Italy game, which we did recently as well, which I was on um, from the same campaign that. That was this was the kind of era of going with kids' tickets to Hamden, but being, you know, 16, 17, going to the pub, doing all the doing all the adult stuff, but getting the kids' tickets and the half half ticket on the train and all the rest of it. But you talked about the atmosphere and I think that was maybe the last campaign before there was like proper halftime entertainment as such. And there's yeah. there's positives and negatives to that, but I think there was a more raw atmosphere at that entire I, 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 this, this is one of my favourite Craig Anderson gripes about Scotland <laughs> and, and it was like and I mean I, I think me and Duncan talked about this on Tuesday from the women's game but like um, there's nothing wrong with the entertainment the entertainment is perfectly fine it's got it's, it's improved from when it was uh, Rory of the Lion or whatever it was called run, driving about on a motorbike which was a real low point um, during I think the <laughs> Craig Levine era where you're like what the fuck is going on it's like quite <laughs> <laughs> Who is this for? But um, that was, there was like a real, like it felt like you they, they were still singing when the team came back out and I think they've, more or less there is still a bit of a half-time show and someone talking on the microphone that will be for some people isn't for me but the at least they've got brought back like the sing-alongs and stuff that for me is what one of the things I actually mainly remember about that campaign, you know, you know, doing the 500 yeah. miles and the Loch Lomond and all the rest of it and yes, yeah, it's, it's it's maybe a bit your dad to say it, but I did just enjoy that. And you, you talked about it as well the the crowds and cheering, you know, tackles and all the rest of it. And that's the thing that sticks in my mind from the last ten minutes of that game, cheering every clearance, every header, every time Craig Gordon like fell on top of the ball after like a, another French set piece in that, kind of,
0: and that absolutely hideous gold goalkeeper jersey.
3: That.
1: You are right, Duncan. I remember we're talking about the Ireland kit as well. It is a terrible looking kit, but that picture of Gordon on his knees with his hands in there is, regardless how bad the kit is, is one of the most iconic Scotland photos of my time in watching Scotland. Like just Gordon, just like he just looks absolutely exhausted, which. Like, you don't generally see goalkeepers who just look absolutely puggled after a game Like just, I mean, you're a goalkeeper, you're mainly standing still mate, but Gordon just looks absolutely spent
3: it's still the Scotland goalkeeper <laughs> <is. You> know, <laughs> my, my first date with my wife, we've, uh, we've lived together for 10 years, been there, had a child travelled abroad all the rest of it, and it's still the same fucking guy that's <laughs> in goals for Scotland but, um, yeah,
0: no, and he's uh, still having kids as well, exactly
3: um, but yeah that that was um, yeah that, that was incredible but you, do you want to run through the teams Graham before we get yeah, on yeah
1: to- so we'll, 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 is it better to start with France or better to finish with France <laughs> I can't really tell. so the, the France team was Keep Coupe, Eric Abidal Lionel Turam Jean-Alain Boomsong Willie Sagnol uh, Frank Ribery Patrick Vieira Claude Makélélé. Uh Flora Maluda, David Resegate and Thierry Henry. The subs that came on for France as well were Big Sylvan Wiltaud and Louis Saha. Um yeah, there's a couple of <laughs> a couple of players in there, there. There are two guys in there who have positions on a football pitch basically named after them. Um in, in Vieira and Macaulay. So yeah, fine. Okay. And they came up against uh, Craig Gordon, Christian Daly, Stephen Presley, David Weir, Graham Alexander, Darren Fletcher, Barry Ferguson. Gary Caldwell, uh, Paul Hartley, Lee McCulloch, and James McFadden, with Gary Teal and uh, Gary O'Connor, and um, being Scotland subs later on in the game as well. Uh, Robbie Nielsen on
3: the bench, uh, understandably. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, but the the um, the thing about that, I just I just remember from the France performance was like they were they were talking in the. Um, the commentary of the game that Lillian Turan was earning like he's 126th cap or something like that and you're like, oh, alright uh, you could probably add together that Scotland team and they probably weren't getting to that at that point because there weren't many of them that had actually been around that long in the Scotland side. Daly, I think Daily and Weir were the only ones that had had long, lengthy Scotland um, yeah. careers by that
1: point. And, and,
0: and David David Weir, I think, only got his first cap at 26, 27 if I remember, yeah.
3: Probably, probably as a fullback. What I appreciated even more watching the highlights back, I kind of remember it from it. How fucking good Barry Ferguson was in this yeah. game, like everything. Like there's a moment in the second half when we've just gone one 0 up, and he, um, the Scotland are on the break, and he picks out this outside of the foot like through ball right into Paul Hartley, and Hartley's just not got the legs to kind of. Um, he gets away from the defender initially, but he's touched, doesn't kind of let him do anything with it. But Ferguson was was immense, and sadly didn't. Do that enough for Scotland? I think it just that it was that that campaign very much kind of cemented my
1: memory of Barry Ferguson ultimately because it was around the point where I, I felt like I kind of understood football an awful lot better um, rather than just good guys bad like he's good he's bad whatever else but beginning to like properly understand why players were good and what the things they were doing and how why they were doing it and why the things that they did were actually incredibly difficult to do and Ferguson throughout that campaign particularly this game in, uh is is just unstoppable like that's 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 why he is rated as one of the 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 best Scottish central midfielders of just about any generation
3: because of performances like the one in that game as well yeah, and and yeah. So the the other thing I kind of remember is like yeah, Gary Teal being involved and Gary Teal being on the pitch when we scored that goal. I always remember that Gary Teal was on the pitch when we scored that goal.
1: It's, it's not because the, the photo in the front of the paper the next day always is is Gary Caldwell sliding to the ground with Gary Teal over him. And every time I see the photo, it takes me a minute. Like who the fuck is that? Like or, or alternatively, Darren Fletcher looks really rough in that photo. No, it's it's just <laughs> Gary Teal.
3: Um, because <laughs> I think every other player on that pitch, you, you talk about, even including Gary O'Connor, has like things in the Scotland career that you can kind of remember them for. You know, um, obviously none none more so than Caldwell for this game. But Gary, tell you like what what happened in his Scotland career. And the only thing I think, obviously, oh, he was on the pitch when we when we scored against France. <laughs> um, but the, the the it was very much a back to the wall performance. But you did see from the highlights like there were chances. It wasn't like. I think, I think Paris was was a back to the wall. I mean, I think, I think we'll be, it's not a it will not be a shock to discover we're talking about that still in one of the next two. Um, I won't tell you which one, but the <laughs> um, the it was a back to the wall performance where, it, in my memory, Scotland basically didn't. I, I was going to say Scotland didn't have another chance. Scotland didn't have a single chance in that game, but McFadden still managed to score. But um, the, this one, there were well little openings, um, McFadden was being. He had everything about what made James McFadden, early James McFadden, kind of um, tenacious. He was played on the edge a lot. There was some pretty rough fouls. He had a wee kick out when he was already on a yellow card. But he also won the ball back high up the park on a couple of occasions. Had a nice shot blocked by Paul Hartley. Um, and we had a few openings from set pieces and he also had a, a chance when he was played in over the top and sliced it. Um, but he... Yeah, he was kind of leading the line because Kenny Miller was suspended for this game. Um, typically, Scotland to get um, to manage to be suspended uh, in the third game of our campaign for that's Kenny Miller <laughs> for you.
1: Um, he was just playing the like he was just playing the
3: the, the loan striker role properly. You got to pick up a book in somewhere. But but not only that, not only with Kenny Miller already suspended, but uh, Christian Daly picked up a card um, in this game that got him suspended, which led to the unfortunate uh, sight of Robbie Nielsen in a Scotland strip and um, in, in the away game in Ukraine the, the, that came after it, which we lost.
1: Yeah, and like the more that as we saying, the the longer the game went on, it just, just like the, the anticipation really was beginning to build, and again before. We got the when we got the corner that Caldwell eventually scored from. I, I I can't remember any other game I've ever been at any situation where people were so excited to just have a like have a corner like we'll score. I mean, that it's a great, a wonderful chance for us to get ourselves something out of this game. Just everyone had absolutely lost their mind. People had absolutely gone nuts by this point, and, and then eventually the the corner from Hartley comes in, and. Every time I look at this goal, it's not how I remember it because my memory is, is Gary Caldo just absolutely leathering it in with his big dome, which is absolute nonsense. But in my head, like again, watching it, watching it back, I was like, "No, it never is." I don't know why I always think that's how it is.
3: But look, well, I always think it's Christian Daly at the back post who... like is kind of behind him and he swings his foot at it and every time I see it the first time in a while I think that's Gary Caldwell kind of getting it from behind him and then I'm like no he, he actually doesn't the ball doesn't get as far as him because Caldwell appears with like a slight tackle out of nowhere and <laughs> um, it, it was particularly uh, good for, that it was Caldwell and that Trezeguet was on the pitch because I think that 5-0 friendly several years earlier I think it was Caldwell's debut for Scotland yeah. um, we got beat 5-0 it was Bertie Volk's first game and Trezeguet was making like the 5-0 gesture to to Caldwell and there was a a picture of it. Uh, And this being the early days of the internet and me um, being a bit of a a young dafty at the time, I remember taking that picture and the picture of Caldwell celebrating, attaching them both to an email and sending them to David Trezeguet's official website. (laughs) um, (laughs) Which... I, I I doubt they, I doubt David Trezeguet, um actually saw my my picture. I, I really feared, hope he did. I I'm really hope had, he did. That was what set him on the the downward spiral in his career. He was just he couldn't couldn't hack it after that. But um, Trezeguet was um, yeah. I mean, and probably he'd probably been provoked by Caldwell in the first place in that five nil game. That Caldwell probably been up in his face or fighting with him or something. But that's not how I want to see it. Um, I want to see our poor oppressed Gary. Um, getting his own back on the big bully um, I, my, my memory of the
1: goal as well is seeing the goal and then basically being about four rows away from where I started with my pal Andy holding on to like the collar of my jacket because my feet were back where I started the rest <laughs> of me was not back where I started because I was just I, it's, it's. it almost looks like one of those like uh, when you look, look at the highlights as well you look at the crowd videos and stuff like that it's almost like one of those videos of like the the South American football teams, where the guys do the waterfall down the, the the side of the stand, but they don't have seats. We had a lot of seats, and again, coming away from the game, it was just bloodied and bruised all the way up and down my shins. It was sensational.
0: And 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 this is going to sound very your dad, but like, but none of it was performative. If that makes no, sense. Like, I no, think, it like no, absolutely not. Like, there's an awful lot of limbs these days that is very like. Um, you can see people holding smartphones, sort of thing. Like it's like that you like, and it's a bit overegged to kind of make a point. Whereas, like it was a genuinely incredible moment because no one, like obviously we'd be, we'd gone one not up against Holland two years before, but that this this felt different in a way. Like it felt achievable, if that makes sense. Yeah.
3: But. Yeah. Well, there was there was only twenty five minutes to go instead of like hundred and fifty <laughs> or whatever it was. <laughs> um, but the, um, the the other thing that, that always sticks in my head is the, the crisp packet when Gary Caldwell's there and I don't know how familiar you are or how much you remember this crisp packet because I think I, I I teased it on Twitter. I had to um, to see how many people kind of knew what game it was from just the, the sheer mention of a crisp packet and, and I never got much response to it. But when Gary Caldwell is celebrating the goal, he, he does a big slide and there's a there's a loose, um, I think it's probably, um, it, it looks slightly brown in colour, so it could be like the um, weird kind of brown sauce um, walkers, but I think it's actually probably just ready salted walkers and it's just the tinge on the, the lighting and stuff. But it's floating about like with the players as they celebrate the goal, and I can't watch it without remembering this crisp packet. <laughs> <laughs> and are either of you familiar with this?
0: No, no. So I'm gonna to have to go. out about this a Scottish football equivalent of like the plastic bag in American Beauty. Yeah, exactly that. Hundred percent that.
3: I, I, that's just it's just always in my head that there was a Chris packet involved um, when they were celebrating the goal. But um, yeah, for me, this is this is one of Scotland's very best Hampden nights in my lifetime. Um, we've had big ones. We've had other big games, but this, this to me is the time it was because it was early in the campaign so there was no way anyone could say you know, thinking back to the Denmark one recently, I don't think it was the case at all, but people like have oh, already qualified, we beat Croatia it was the same scenario. This was a big game when it mattered to both teams where we were playing clearly one of the top two or three best teams in the world and we I mean, deserve to beat them when maybe we are a bit strong, but we put up enough of a show. It wasn't smash and grab. Yeah, we had to do a lot of defending and it was gritty and it was everything that I think
0: we, we, think, we think we are.
3: Yeah, that we think we are. And we're not most of the time. Um, I mean, maybe we're getting back to being that and, and we'll see. We've obviously got got Spain coming to Hamden now and we'll see see exactly where we actually are. Um, in that respect of grit again. Um I think ability wise the, the current team streets ahead of this team that we're playing. But um I think the there's still a lot to be said for the mentality of this team. The other thing that stood out to me, because I really don't ever remember him doing this job is the, the highlight. I don't know what highlights the two you watched, but it was a BBC uh highlights uh, and it was and- Ian McCall on CoComs. <laughs> yeah. And he was really he was really good, but in like a hugely unprofessional way. But an unprofessional way that's okay for like a Scotland the, the, game on the, the BBC Scotland I,
0: the, the highlights I watched I'll, I'll not I'll let you do the punchline but like if it's the if it's the same set of highlights oh, it's one of the best sign off lines of her yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: it's exactly that and I'm, I'm actually going to clip it up and put it in um, at the end of it but it, it just goes uh, they, they, they finish the highlights and it's um, Paul Mitchell does his kind of rounding off about the dark blues beating the Leeds blues and all of this stuff all kind of obviously a bit prepared and, prepared and thought I'm not going to get to use this but he did and then Ian McCall just goes Thank you, Walter Smith.
1: Fifty thousand Scots celebrate the dark blues' triumph over the blues. If it is been a Scotland one. now. Thank you, Walter Smith. <laughs>
3: uh, and it's just a, it's just an amazing. But it was good. It was good value throughout. Michael on the highlights. Um, we ha- I had the usual problem with the highlights. So it's just that you either got um, <laughs> you had I had three options or I had four options. I had the. Um, the five options I'm going to say I had a version that was put together by someone that was like obviously like a sort of art project where they were like splicing bits of highlights in amongst like footage with music over the top. I had the really short like one minute highlight that was just a goal. I had. An American version. With why is there ludic- always me- why is there always an American ludicrous one? Ludicrous commentary on it, um, where it was like it was uh, at one point he said uh, Walter Smith was celebrating with fifty thousand of his closest friends, um, and there was like a- <laughs> I like it, I like it. There was puns. It was pun heavy this time as well, um, and and some very interesting like um, descriptions of the goal net. So there was that one. Then there was um, the full match on the SFA Twitter which is a a, a new edition, a new entry uh, since Covid because now it's like they were putting on all those live watch alongs Uh, but the one I had to watch was like 30 minutes long which is still 20 minutes too long for what I want from a highlight package (laughs) but um, nonetheless like I can understand that from a game from the 80s but how can a game from 2006 it's so important not just have like the 10 minute minute BBC that must have happened at some point Anyway,
0: that that's that'll well, be UEFA's UA, uh, uh, streaming platform will will possibly deliver that for you at some point. Whether when when eventually when they they try it, yeah they try and launch it, which i will always amuse me that people think right oh we need to be like the Netflix of football. But no one really wants to go and watch a game of football after it's live. Like unless you're really interested in like the announcers. But you're going to watch. I would use that service a couple of times a year. Like, I've got no great inter- interest in watching Hibs lose again. Like, you know, it's like, no, I'm not. like.
3: Speak for, speak for yourself, Duncan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you fundamentally misunderstood how fans use streaming services. Do we
1: have anything else particularly to add to this game?
0: No, it was just nice to review. I, I, I was similar at uni, and I just remember going up to, we had uh, one, one set of pals who had a flat that had Sky TV, they were, they were rich enough uh, uh, to to have Sky TV. So you just tell you to, Duncan uh,
1: went to university in Aberdeen.
0: Uh, <laughs> can't hide well, you money. Go a, uh, a big bag of cans, uh, you know, it was either, <laughs> big bag of cans and, and watch games, uh, usually Champions League with two bottles of wine, then you go to liquid. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, Nonetheless,
1: on that fine yeah,
0: note, yeah, exactly.
1: on that fine note, we will round off uh, this evening's podcast. We hope you have enjoyed this. Actually, very Scotland-heavy podcast. It's been a while since I've done one like that. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you're as thrilled as we are that the, 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 the 50 most memorable Scotland games is coming to an end, um, with only two remaining... Uh, which is terribly exciting for us. it's time
0: or... to rerun it again. Oh
1: god, never never ending list of Scotland games. But at
3: least at least this is one that I actually enjoyed both then and now to revisit. People won't be able to guess which two because they won't remember what the time scale is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is is the it a game minute? I don't know. <laughs> Nonetheless, thank you very much for your time, Craig. Thank
1: you. Thank you very much for your time, Duncan. Thank you very much. And thank you all very much for your time for listening to. Three jobbers talking about Scotland. Have a, a a lovely day, and we'll see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step
0: into the world of power loyalty.